This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Kia ora everyone and welcome back to Brain Injury Hawks Bay's radio show. Every 15 minutes, someone in New Zealand experiences a brain injury. Brain injury can have a profound impact on the person, their whānau and the community. Whilst the majority of brain injuries are mild and will make a full recovery, we work with those that are experiencing ongoing challenges. Brain Injury Hawks Bay offers advocacy, support, information and education to all those affected by brain injury in our community. Our goal is to ensure that those experiencing the challenges of brain injury can easily access the appropriate supports required to live full and independent lives. Part of this goal is to provide education to our community in an effort to reduce the impact of brain injury. So today I am very excited to welcome on a special guest to our show, Danielle. Thank you for joining us today. Okay, no worries at all. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Hey, so... um. Before we get into sort of the work you're doing and all that sort of thing, I'm just wondering if you could just tell us a bit about yourself, kind of your background, where you come from, and we'll go from there. Yeah, no, for sure. I guess as you can probably tell, I, um, I, my Kiwi accent is pretty non-existent, but um, I hail from um, Canada, so from British Columbia, and I came over uh, to New Zealand in 2010 to do my PhD down at the University of Otago. So um, I was a physio in Canada, but I came over to do more research in New Zealand. And kind of what I did is I worked with um, rugby and looked at kind of developing a neck rehab program for players with um, chronic neck pain. So kind of looking at the intervention style study. And kind of from that, my my research kind of grew into encompass kind of the role that the neck plays at head impacts, and then kind of from there has grown into a, a full-time position with New Zealand Rugby where um, I do a lot of work looking at um, injury surveillance, but also how they how they manage and deal with concussions when they happen um, in rugby players and how we can support that. That's awesome. What a huge space to be working in. Uh, yeah, so, no, it's, it's been really cool. Yeah, so as you mentioned, you're now um, with New Zealand Rugby, so I was just yep. wondering if you could tell us a bit about your role. Yeah, no, for sure. So my role, is, I guess my official title is Research Scientist in Concussion. So kind of with New Zealand Rugby, half of my role works with um, injury surveillance, so working with our, our professional men's and women's teams to look at, you know, documenting their injuries when they happen and capturing kind of how much time they're playing and how much training they're doing. Uh, and then the other half of my role is working with um, uh, the injury prevention um, team and um, working with them to look at how we manage concussions and how we deliver education through the Rugby Smart program. So kind of part of that, we've developed uh, a community concussion initiative. And kind of the focus on that is really kind of three goals. And we want to ensure that, you know, Whenever a player sustains a suspected concussion, we have, you know, coaches, team managers, parents on the side, players on the team, they know what to look for. Um, And, you know, when they see one of those symptoms or feel one of those symptoms, that we get them off the field. So that's kind of one of our primary goals. The secondary goal that we have is, you know, when players do sustain or are removed, do sustain a suspected concussion, that we remove them from the field of play. So whether that's games or training, if somebody has kind of symptoms, we want to pull them off the field. So kind of 
If in doubt, we pull them out. Um, and then uh, as part of that, when we remove players from field, we want to get them into a doctor so they can go through a diagnosis assessment. So we've been really lucky in the hot phase. We are working with, you know, quite a few doctors in the area who are kind of upskilled with our process. But, you know, um, through Hastings Health Centre, we've got a couple GPs there and Graham McCrory and we've got Wendy Gash out at EIT. And then through the doctor's maker, we've got Reggie um, Nair there and a few others. So, yeah, we've got, kind of had a real opportunity um, to work with those and um, support them um, to help ensure that players are fully recovered before they go back. And kind of part of that, the third goal we have is to ensure that before players go back to contact training, that they're medically cleared before they do so. So a GP's, you know, signed off saying, yeah, Danielle, sweet, go back to contact, or, you know, Danielle's still buggered and um, needs a little bit more time to recover. Oh, awesome. That sounds like a, a very exciting initiative and something that's very relevant for um, our sports in New Zealand and in particular in Hawke's Bay as well. Um, yeah. What sort of advice would you give to a young person who's who loves this sport? Um, we know that for our young people, sport is something that's really important for them to be engaged in. And what sort of advice would you give to them regarding the importance of, of having time off after a suspected or a confirmed concussion? Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, your brain controls how you think and how you move. And um, we've just got to make sure that, you know, we look after our brain when, you know, injury happens. Because what we do know is that if, you know, if you've taken an injury to the brain like a, like a concussion is that, um, you know, you can't see it. So there's no... Um, you know, it's, it's not going to bleed on an MRI or, you know, it's not like broken your arm where it's, where it's quite visible. So kind of a concussion, we've got to make sure that, you know, you're fully recovered and you're fully honest before you go back. Because kind of if we think about if the brain controls how we think and how we move, if we've had a concussion where potentially our thinking or our moving not 100% and you go back to playing rugby, what we do know is that you're actually at a higher risk of sustaining an, an, another injury. So, you know, whether that's to the lower limb because, you know, your brain's not as coordinated in setting up your movement or, um, yeah, or if you um, potentially sustain a, an, another concussion. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I was reading some of the research that you've put out and that you're supporting, um, just acknowledging that concussions do happen in rugby and they do happen in sport. And the, the stance that you guys have around promoting sport, you know, we want our, our young people, our adults to be engaging in sport and just kind of learning how to do so safely. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that, you know, that's the critical thing is you only get one brain, so you've got to look after it, you know. Um, and if, you know, if you have high sporting aspirations or, you know, you just want to play, you know, you need that brain to ensure that, you know, you can make some good decisions, not only in play, but to be part of, you know, actively involved in your life. So, you know, when we do have an injury, you want to make sure that you're fully recovered before you go back. Yeah, absolutely. So with the New Zealand Rugby Community Concussion Initiative that you mentioned, um, yep. what kind of impact have you guys seen so far with that? Well, again, I think, you know, this is a shout out to, you know, the Brain Injury Association in Hawke's Bay and, you know, the Hawke's Bay Rugby Community. But, um, yeah, they've been awesome to work with. So, really, we've had, I think we've got the majority of teams and schools on board. And what we've seen is kind of, if we look at um, the blue card, so the blue card was 
kind of started in um, 2017, and the purpose was, you know, referees, if they saw a concussion on the field, they could issue a blue card, and that would pull a player off, and then they'd have to go through kind of their graduated 21- or 23-day stand-down and go through that graduated process. Um, what we've seen with um, the this ends at RCMP process that we're using is that uh, with the blue card, we saw that it, it maybe captured about 20% of the concussions that were, you know, reported at the end of the season mm-hmm. or that went into ACC. We can, And we know with those that are involved in our system, so kind of at the end of the season we ask, you know, did you guys have any concussions um, in your team and how many? And then we compare that number to the number of concussions that were logged over the season, and we're currently capturing about 98% of the concussions that are reported at the end of the season, which is awesome. And I guess the really important thing is um, when we look at our overall stats, we kind of track, again, our at the community level, you know, all we can provide is recommendations. So we recommend that you see a doctor for a diagnosis, and we recommend that you see a doctor before you go back to play. Um, and what we do as part of that pathway, we track what people do. So often we'll find, you know, some people may not see anybody and just continue to play and which is not ideal, but, you know, that happens. Or somebody may not have a diagnosis, but they may go in and see a doctor for a medical clearance. So what we do is we track the journey of a player through that process. And what we do know is that um, 85% of players who sustained a concussion that are involved in the pilot are medically cleared before they went back to training, which is pretty cool. That is so awesome to hear. It's really it's really exciting to hear how much is, this has progressed in, in what seems like a really short space of time um, in a much-needed area across New Zealand. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, it, it just kind of... Um, is it, we haven't really changed anything that hopefully didn't happen already, but what we've tried to do is we've used technology to support that. So, you know, as part of this process, if I'm working with Napier Girls, uh, high school as, as a rugby coach, you know, if one of my girls was potentially to have what I think, you know, would have been a suspected concussion, I can pop into an app. And when I log it in the app, that sends off um, an email that goes to that the girls, goes to the girl, her parents, the school, and the union saying, you know, Susie's had a concussion, we pulled her off, and we've recommended that she see a doctor. And then in the email that goes to Susie and uh, her parents, there's the access word and code, so when Susie goes in to see one of the doctors in our system, they can give them the doctor that code, and the doctor can then see her baseline assessment. So, you know, let's say Susie had a terrible memory before she had her concussion. When she goes and the doctor repeats, it's like, oh, my goodness, you have a terrible memory. What he'll know is that her baseline before the concussion wasn't very good to begin with, so we can kind of compare apples to apples. Um, but kind of the critical point is everybody's notified when, Susie gets the concussion, she goes into the doctor, the doctor has some information which he can help make his diagnosis with. And then when the doctor, when she goes back, because she's ready to go back to contact training, the doctor again uses that access word and code to go into the system. And when she's, when he's finished and says, yeah, Susie's fine to go back to training, no worries at all, an email goes out to again the school, the club, and the parents saying, hey, I've seen Susie, she's and everything she needs to do, I'm fully comfortable that she can go back to contact training. That is awesome. What a what a power there is in technology now. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And again, you know, it's probably hopefully nothing that didn't already happen, but we're just using that technology to hopefully streamline that process. Yeah, just to keep everybody in the loop. Yeah, definitely. It's it's easy for communication to get lost. So if we can have streamlined things for, for things such as this, it will be great for, for moving forward. Yeah. No, and particularly, you know, from a health and safety perspective, you know, as soon as, like, for our team managers that are involved in this in the schools that, you know, the parents have been notified when the event occurs because often what we'll find is, you know, Little Billy gets concussed on a Saturday. Mom and dad are in the game. You know, the coach isn't able to get a hold of them. You know, little Billy goes back to school Monday, Tuesday, and is a right terror and really struggling. And then it's not till Wednesday, you know, mom and dad find out, oh, Billy had a bit of a, hit his head on the ground on Saturday and, you know, might have been a concussion. Maybe she get him checked out. You know, that, that, that comms goes out right away. So mom and dad know that, oh, well, we'll take him into the doctor. We'll get him checked out. Because often what we find is, you know, the sooner you can get into a doctor and get the right information, the better off you're potentially going to be for your recovery. So the sooner you access care, the more likely you are to recover quickly. Yeah, of course. One of the things that we've found um, with our tamariki is that they may take a knock on a sad day, sad day morning at sport and not think anything of it, and then it doesn't come until Monday or Tuesday when they go back to school and try and concentrate or try and retain yeah. information, and, and it becomes clear that something actually has happened and needs to be addressed yeah no for sure and then then that's you know your brain controls how you think and how you move so you know if you're thinking you're stressing the brain and the brain's trying to recover from an injury that's good you know that's going to exacerbate your symptoms yeah of course um so you're working alongside the lots of the sports clubs in Hawke's Bay and they're on board with this initiative am I right in thinking that you're also going into schools and educating in Hawke's Bay yeah so um usually during at some stage during the preseason or during the start of the year, we go in and we deliver um, an education to the to the players. And really, what the focus is of that is we know that often players aren't comfortable disclosing their own symptoms, so often they try and hide it. So really, what we're trying to do is there's no point in you know beating a dead horse. Um, you know, if we know that players aren't going to disclose their symptoms, then what we're going to try and do is flip that on the head. And we know that you know rugby as a sport. You know, the team environment and having each other's back is really powerful, and I think that's what gravitates people towards the sport because, you know, everybody can... It welcomes all shapes and sizes, and, you know, everybody can be involved. So I guess um, because that's such a, you know, a strong ethos in, in, in rugby, what we can do then is we can use that team atmosphere to actually say, hey, you're all part of a team. You need to look out for one another. Here's what you need to know about... Um, you know, how to identify concussion in other players. Because, you know, and we've had the opportunity a couple of times to work with some of the professional players. So we had a session where we were working with Sam Kane, and he, he, you know, he told a story of, you know, they were down playing the Crusaders, and um, he had just taken a big tackle and, you know, got up, and nobody thought anything of it. And then he was walking with Brody Retallick over to the sideline because the ball had gone out of play. And Brody's like, oh, we're going to run. I can't remember, but let's say S45 and count. Like, I don't remember what S45 was. And he's like, oh, dude, we've been practicing all week. You should know what S45 is. I can't remember. Just run it by me again. And, you know, Brody's like, oh, dude, you're you're out of it. And it pulled over the physio and got Sam off the field. So it's just kind of empowering players to look out for one another and be like, eh, that's a little bit weird or that's not normal. Or, you know, he kind of stumbled when he got up and or ran in the wrong direction. You know, let me 
let me throw up my hand and yell at the coach to get, you know, my teammate off. Because often, you know, with a coach, there's so much going on. Sometimes coaches or physios won't see what's happened. So really kind of the best people to identify these are the players. So, you know, as part of that education, we really try and um, empower players to look out for one another. And part of that is, you know, how do you recognize if one of your teammates has had a concussion? Yeah, of course. That's awesome. And we know how um, strong, you know, team culture is in our sports. So if we can tap into kind of empowering in that in that space, then I think that will be great. And yeah. one of the things that we've identified is the stigma that's associated with brain injury or um, with concussion and how, like you say, people don't want to come forward with the symptoms that they're experiencing or the severity perhaps as well. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, you know, and, and a lot of that tends to have to do with, oh, you know, if I say something, then potentially, you know, I'm out for three weeks, which is a bit of a bugger. But I guess the critical thing is, well, actually, if I don't say anything and potentially continue to play, you know, am I putting potentially myself at risk for another injury or, you know, potentially, you know, maybe I blow an ACL or a hamstring just because, you know, I'm not coordinating my brain, not coordinating my movements as it normally would. So it's just actually thinking, oh, and, you know, if I don't come out, potentially I get hit again and then I get another concussion and it takes me longer to recover. It's really, you know, I've had to have a couple of conversations with players where, you know, their first 15, but they've had four concussions and each one seems to get worse. And, you know, actually, despite the fact that they want to continue to play and they love the sport, that, you know, it might be time to consider other other options. So I think it's really important that, you know, we, we do take concussions, you know, 99% you fully recover from. So, you know, if we do the right things and kind of manage it properly, in most cases, everybody, you should be fine. So it's really ensuring that you do the right things when they happen so that, you know, you can continue to play a game and um, do what you enjoy and in love. Yeah, of course. And we're finding that that's really important with our education service that we run out of Brain Injury Hawke's Bay um, for our schools and sports clubs across Hawke's Bay um, about just educating what it is that a concu- what a concussion is and how it impacts all those different areas that you've been speaking about so that it's not a, oh, I'm not going to tell them because I don't want to not play sport, but uh, I actually understand that the impact that yeah. this could have. Yeah. Because really, you know, at the end of the day, you want to, if you want to play stop, you, you want to make sure that players have the opportunity to decide that, you know, oh, I played enough rugby, I don't want to play anymore. It's, it's, you don't want to take that choice away from them. So it's really, you know, to ensure that you want to make sure that people do the right thing so they continue to play as long as they want to. Yeah, of course. So what are um, the New Zealand rugby plans for 2022? So 2022, so I guess this is a bit of a shout-out. So any teams that aren't involved in the system or for anybody that would be keen, um, yeah, we're just really open to um, getting more teams and more clubs involved because, you know, from a health and safety perspective, um, you know, it really looks after your players. And kind of, yeah, so we're looking to roll it out again this year. And um, the cool thing about, you know, being involved in this process is actually ends at our foot still for kind of any medical expenses for your concussion. So, you know, if you do get concussed, we, we cover all the costs to go in and see one of the GPs that we're working with. Oh, that is awesome. So if there are 
um, kind of clubs or, or teams or schools listening in? How would they make contact with you about this? Um, if they pop onto the New Zealand Rugby website and just search concussion, you'll kind of come across uh, our details, but otherwise they can kind of reach me um, at my email, which is danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L, dot salmon, S-A-L-M-O-N, at nzrugby.co.nz. And yeah, love to get them on board. Oh, that's awesome. It's great to know that um, you guys are open to hearing from everyone to grow this initiative. Yeah, no, for sure. And I guess, you know, that's the critical thing, too, is, you know, we can fix, we can ensure that players report their symptoms, but, you know, sometimes they don't know. So it's really important that, you know, this is not just a a player piece, but, you know, as a community as a whole, we're responsible for looking after players and ensuring that, you know, everybody does the right things, they get into a GP, they do the right steps in around their recovery process. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a coach and a player, it's kind of a community we have to step up as a whole and look after, you know, our players and our people to make sure, yeah, they have long, happy rugby careers and um, are able to play the game they love. Yeah, of course. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, and I think what's also cool is I know we've met up um, earlier this year just to think about the ways that we can collaborate on some of this education stuff across our Hawke's Bay community just to get the message out there and, and continue to see that movement happening in that space. Yeah. No, and that'd be really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for joining me today on our radio show um, and for sharing all that you have about New Zealand rugby's plans and um, all that you're up to in that concussion space. Cool. No, you're most welcome. Awesome. Thanks, Danielle. Okay, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. So if there are any sports teams, any schools that are interested in having some education around concussion, we do provide our Concussion Wise program, um, and that is uh, workshops and conferences, community education programs where we're presenting about concussion um, to a range of ages and whatever that you may need. Um, So if you are interested in in accessing that service, um, you can contact Kate on 068786875 or email educator at braininjuryhb.co.nz. So that is us for today. Uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will be back next month with another special guest. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.